Amen. Go ahead and uh, get in your Bible to James uh, chapter 4. James chapter 4. Uh, it's good to be back. I, I hope uh, Wall did a good job uh, last week. And uh, I've not ever heard him teach. I've just heard good things about it. So I uh, hope he did good. Uh, as always, I'm uh, going to begin with some of the questions. Uh, some of these questions are new, some are, are old, and I could put in all new questions, but, you know, sometimes questions that were turned in in the past really just get to the heart of a lot of things that we've talked about, and so uh, some of them I, I will reuse. Question number one, uh, how can we teach our child to be a leader when they tend to be a follower? Uh, the first thing I would say is you need to modify your attitude uh, because there's nothing wrong with being a follower. Uh, all of us are followers at times in our lives. Uh, in fact, the best leaders generally, you know, are shaped by being good uh, followers, faithful followers. Uh, now, if your child is a follower to the point where they never stick up to themselves, where they always let whatever's going on around them be whatever they do, th then that, that's a problem. And, um, you know, you got to help them with that. You know, what I would say is focus on your child having good character, <laughs> and e eventually they will be a leader of some sort. Uh, so few people have character, uh, whether it's in the church or in the workplace. Uh, so few people have character that if you raise your children to have good character, they will rise to uh, you know whatever level God uh, intended them. I do not believe uh, that God intended everybody to be uh, a leader of groups of people. I don't believe that. I do believe God uh, intends for everyone to become a good enough leader to lead their own home. Uh, I, I think every man can minimally lead his own home. I, I think every woman can minimally, you know, lead her children and, and lead uh, the home. And, and so, you know, focus on um, just helping them build good character. And, and, you know, we do a great disservice to our children when we belittle uh, somebody who's not, not the leader. And, and I, I would remember this, too. You know, some kids are late bloomers. You, you know, uh, some kids, they come into their own, you know, when they're younger. And uh, other kids, they don't come into their own until a, a little bit later. And, and so, again, just keep focusing on their character and, uh, and on their faith, <laughs> and uh, those things will always be in demand. Question number two, uh, is it okay to let our children help with chores that are often associated with the opposite gender? If you remember, the last time I taught two weeks ago, we taught that the, the first uh, aspect of care to teach our children is to identify with their, their gender. Um, you may not agree with this, but I, I personally believe that boys should know how to do dishes, do laundry, to clean, uh, in the latter years when our boys were older, uh, Sharon and I wanted them to do all that stuff for themselves. Uh, a, it's good for them to know how to do it. B, if they don't end up doing it for the rest of their life, uh, it's good for them to appreciate what it's like to do it. Uh, I also believe that it's good for girls to do some physical things. I think she should know how to use some tools. I think she should know how to change her tire. I think it's good for her to know how to work in the yard some. Um... Christianity, conservative Christianity in cities kind of had a phase where men did all the physical work, women just stayed home and did nothing, and then they kind of tried to tell 
everybody that that's the way it's always supposed to be. But if you were among biblical Christians in rural communities, you know, like where I grew up, you know, women, they didn't do the most physical things uh, because they weren't strong enough, but they did physical things. And uh, always be careful defining masculinity and femininity too uh, narrowly. Um, and, and like I said two weeks ago, uh, if you've raised your children right, the vast majority of children are not going to have any issue identifying with their, their gender. Uh, but there are a few kids who will struggle with that. And if you have one of those, then you need to recognize that when they're young. <laughs> and you need to work on it in, in a way that is, you know, more diligent and purposeful than, than, than others. Uh, so you need to just be honest about your kids' tendencies. Question number three, and I don't talk like this, but I'm going to read the question. Should I correct my kids from talking about balls? Um, I, I never personally uh, like that uh, crude talk. Uh, from Christians, um, whether it was uh, but or darn or friggin', uh, I never personally cared for that. Uh, now, when our boys did that, we just said, you know, we don't talk like that. We didn't discipline them for that. We didn't, you know, go, go bonkers and, and be severe. Uh, now, I, I can see reasons why you might want to be more severe about that stuff. It was just something that uh, we personally, we didn't like, but we also didn't have a cow about uh, either. We just uh, corrected them. And if you want to, you know, take that more seriously and handle it more severely, uh, go ahead. Um, I, I would say I'll always keep your child's issues in, in perspective. You know, if your kid is having, uh, I mean, they're not doing their homework. Uh, your kid uh, doesn't want to come to church. Uh, your kid is disrespectful to their mother. You know, those are way more important things than, you know, some what I would consider shady language and focus on what's most important. Uh, question number four, what do you recommend to help identify our child's strengths and weaknesses? Uh, the first thing I'd recommend is honesty. Uh, I think one of the most difficult things to do as a parent is be honest about what your kid's strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, and if you're not honest about your kid's strengths and weaknesses, uh, you will never uh, be able to help them with their weaknesses, and their weaknesses can destroy them. Uh, I mean, I have known um, you know, people to just fail to uh, identify young their kids' weaknesses, and, and their kids didn't get the help they could get. Uh, and so I'd recommend beginning with honesty. Uh, here's the thing. Do you really want to know? If you really want to know, ask someone who would know the difference and ask them to be honest with you. You know, I mean, years ago, I, I taught on, uh, you know, men having short hair and women having long hair. The Bible teaches that doesn't define those. And I said in the, in the pulpit, I said to our ladies, if you really want to know, ask your husband whether, what he thinks about your hair length. And you, you know what? Uh, we had some women who did. And then I'm sure we had some women in their heart that said, nah, I ain't doing that. Uh, do you really want to know? Ask somebody who might know. Well, what do you think my child's weaknesses are? And um, 
be honest. Uh, question number five. Our family is criticized because uh, the mom is a primary disciplinarian. How should we deal with this? This is an old question. And um, I, I left it in there because there, there's actually a lot uh, here. Uh, the first thing I want to say is you should always worry more about what's true than what you think people are saying. Uh, if you haven't recognized yet that people are always running their mouth about stuff, you're not paying much attention. Uh, if you haven't recognized that you run your mouth about stuff, <laughs> you're not paying attention. So I don't know why you're so bent out of shape about somebody else running their mouth. Uh, you run yours. Um, but I will say this. Uh, someone who's a critic, they will answer to God for being a critic. But you and I, by and large, we don't learn much from the compliments of our friends. We learn most and grow most from the criticism of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word enemies, and not everyone who's being a critic is your enemy. But, you know, when, when there's some criticism, the wisest thing to do is just be honest. You know, what, what, what grain of truth is here? Instead of just shooting the messenger, I can't believe you talk like that. Instead of shooting the messenger, you, you, you know, j just consider whatever truth is there. And if there's some truth there, work on it. Uh, if there's not, just blow it all off. And, and remember that sometimes, you know, you get too critical uh, too. Um, and to be honest, you know, maybe this criticism is a wake-up call for the dad. Uh, to be, I, I also, I don't really... Uh, mind if the mom is a primary disciplinarian. You, you know, almost all couples have uh, kind of opposite personalities, uh, almost always. And, um, and so if the mom's a primary disciplinarian, I, I'm really okay with that as long as the dad is supportive and, uh, you know, and that they're working together. I don't really have much uh, issue about that. If the mom's doing discipline the right way, uh, listen, I love my mother, uh, but her method of discipline was just get furious, grab the thing closest by, and start swinging. Uh, I mean, man, I've been hit with Hot Wheel tracks. I've been hit with wood spoons. I've been hit with spatulas. I've been hit with uh, Lincoln logs. Uh, I, I've been hit with hands. I've been hit with belts. I've been, uh, you, you know, I mean, if it was handy, I, I was hit with it, you, you know, and, and if you're a mom disciplining in, in that manner, by the way, I needed a lot of uh, hitting. Uh, but if, if that's the way you discipline, you, you know, stop that, you know, stop that. And so if you're disciplining in the manner we taught, I, I have no, no issue uh, with that. Uh, someone said it kills you to see your children grow up, uh, but it will kill you more quickly if they don't. And, and as I've said before, stop trying to keep your kids at an age where they're not. You, you do a great disservice to your kid. If, if they're a baby, treat them like a baby. If they're no longer a baby, quit wishing they were a baby. You know, if they're in to a toddler, enjoy them being a toddler. Uh, but if they're not a toddler anymore, quit wishing they were a toddler. You, you, you know, your parenting is not about you. It's about your kids. Um, some thoughts about parenting. Uh, faith in God and how you've raised your children involves risks. <laughs> it involves you letting them make some mistakes. 
And as you've heard me say many times in here, secondly, don't shield your children from all the consequences of their behavior. You know, let them feel the pain, some of the pain from dumb stuff they do. Uh, listen, you'll shield them while they're a child, and then there's going to come a place where they're going to do dumb stuff, and they're going to be old enough that the dumb stuff they do, you're not going to be able to shield them. And so please uh, don't overly shield them from uh, their consequences growing up. Uh, we're just today in week 10. I'm not sure if we'll finish in 13 weeks or 14 weeks or 15 weeks. I, I, I've got a, a lot of thoughts. Uh, our original schedule was 13 weeks. I don't know whether I'll do that or not. Thinking about it, praying about it. Uh, and as always, we begin with the Bible. Uh, God really knows what produces a better life for our children than we do. Uh, two weeks ago, and before I left for Nicaragua, we started talking about training uh, character, building character into our children. Remember, character is who you are. Uh, reputation is what others perceive you to be. If someone has good character, eventually their reputation will take care of itself. If a person has good character, they'll eventually do what they're supposed to do. So in light of that, as parents, we need to be focused on our kids' character. Uh, much more than their reputation. There's a story told about a family who lived in the country. The dad used to make the uh, sons work in the field all the time while most of the other kids would go into town and go swimming at the pool during the, the hot summer days. And uh, one of the parents one time bumped into that dad and he kind of scolded him. He said, why do you make your boys work so hard? He, he said, you don't need all that corn. And the old country farmer just said, I'm not raising corn, I'm raising boys who know how, how to work. And <laughs> raise your children with good character, uh, that should be our focus. And um, last time I spoke, we began talking about teaching our children to identify with their gender. And um, which gets us to today, what other kinds of character attributes should I teach our children? Uh, in our society today, and probably for the last, I'm going to say, 40 years, um, we are bombarded with this idea of self-esteem. Um, some people take this to such an extreme that they don't think you ought to give a kid ever an F on a paper, no matter how good or how badly they did. They don't think you ought to ever grade their paper with red ink. They don't think you ought to ever not pass a kid to the next grade all because of, you know, this alleged sensitivity of, of their self-esteem. Uh, we're constantly bombarded, and this is not getting better, it's getting worse, with the idea that everyone is supposed to be a winner. Uh, even when our kids were little, some of the sports teams they played on, you, you know, they'd get done and they'd always tell the kids it was a tie. And, um, you know, we'd get in the car and, uh, you know, I would say, hey, uh, did you win or lose? I said, it was a tie. And I would say, well, what was the score? And, and they would know, you know, uh, three to one. I said, well, is three to one a tie? No. <laughs> I said, was your coach being honest with you? No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I don't think anybody ought to like to lose. But, but there's, there, there's way more value and honesty and sometimes just facing up to the fact that, you know what, hey, we gave it our, our best and it wasn't enough to win. There, there's more value in that than thinking that they're a winner or, or that it's a tide. And to be honest with you, um, our kids, 
and, and the rest of the kids in the team, they cared more about what the snack was th- than they really cared who won or lost. It was only, a, it was really about the parents. It, it wasn't even about the kids. And, and, and so I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to make this statement multiple times. If you write statements down, I'll write this one down. Uh, it's not the child with the highest view of themselves who succeeds. It is a child with the most realistic view of their strengths and weaknesses that succeeds. Did you hear me? It is not the child with the highest view of themselves who succeeds. It is the child with the most realistic view of their strengths and weaknesses who succeeds. Uh, I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch the early rounds of uh, American Idol. And I don't even know if they do it anymore, but they used to put people on like in the first round who'd come out and sing. uh, And and you heard them sing and oh my, you're like, why didn't your mother or some friend sit you down and and tell you, you you can't sing? But they came out there because they had been taught by somebody that they were a good singer when the obvious truth was just the opposite and and they ended up doing a great disservice. You know, listen, it's okay if you can't sing. (laughs) But but what's not going to be okay because it's going to hurt you all your life is thinking you're good at something when you're not. Uh, The American Heritage Dictionary defines self-esteem as pride in oneself. I mean, if you know anything about the Bible, you know, pride is uh, a sinful uh, attitude and our creator doesn't like pride. Uh, Webster Dictionary defines self-esteem as confidence and satisfaction in oneself. Now, depending on what you mean by confidence or satisfaction, you know, that could be good or bad. But it does bring up some good questions. Should making sure your children have good self-esteem be a focus of your parenting? Uh, how about this? Is losing at something the worst thing could ever happen to your kids? How about this? What's a good, healthy view of oneself to teach our children? Um, here's another good question. Is it good to let your kids beat you at every game and competition when you're growing up? I, I know one parent... Actually, I've known several parents that do that, and not surprisingly, when they're 12 or 13 or 14 years old, they just thought their parents were dumb. Well, they'd been beating them at everything all their life. Should be in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Some of you recognize that. We actually sing that. And uh, you may or may not know it at the time. We're basically singing a Bible verse to one degree or another. But no, notice, uh, humility uh, is impo- important. And God lifts up uh, the humble. Uh, turn back a few pages to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and, and verse 35 uh, and I have this verse underlined in my Bible because it's a great Bible principle. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense and reward. Uh, notice that God values humility and God also values confidence. There's a great need for healthy confidence. And if you find healthy confidence, you shouldn't cast it away. 
Uh, you'll never give your kid healthy confidence if you're calling them stupid, dirt balls, worthless. You'll never give your kid healthy confidence uh, if they only get confident when they win. We'll never give our kids healthy confidence as long as we teach them to find their confidence in what everyone else thinks about them. Uh, everybody in this class is old enough now to understand that, you know, what the world and how the world defines beauty and value uh, and all those things is very fickle. And so if you put your child's, you know, uh, confidence in how the world views those things, you know, you're putting your, your child's confidence in the wrong hands. Um, I uh, sometimes have watched, anybody watch that show, Toddlers and Tierras? Uh, I have watched it before just to get angry. Um, you know, and basically it's all about uh, mostly moms who put mostly their daughters, but sometimes little boys who are headed for a confused future, um, you know, in these beauty pageants. And uh, if genetics means anything, based on how the mom looks, uh, when they grow up, they're not going to be uh, have the kind of physical beauty that everybody's going to say, wow. And so what these unwise parents are doing, they're putting that child's view of themselves in the hands of a world who's going to look at their beauty. That's the way they've been raised. What a terrible thing to do to a child. Like I say, I, I watch it just infuriates me. Uh, everybody needs healthy confidence. Uh, the kind of confidence we need actually comes in thinking about ourselves like God thinks about us. Uh, <laughs> there's a kind of confidence that some people consider to be pride. And we should make sure we fight against pride. But we need to give our kids confidence. They're, they also need humility. And uh, this proper balance of prop, humility and pride is the thing we need to leave our children. Humility is not thinking you're a piece of trash. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking about yourself less. See, by and large, we think all about ourselves. What do I think about this? How do I feel about this? Uh, how is this going to impact me? Uh, we just, our world revolves around ourselves. That, that's not humility. Uh, when we think about ourselves less, uh, that's humility, not thinking you're just worthless. And this is what we need to balance as we try to raise our kid. Uh, hear me when I say if our children don't have a right view of themselves, they'll be unable to help other people. If they don't have a right view of themselves, they'll never accomplish anything. If they're too proud, God resists the proud. And if they're too sheepish, they won't have enough confidence to ever try anything. And so as parents... Uh, we need to get this balance, and so what I want to use my time for today, I've, I've got 14 minutes, is how to uh, try to give our child a healthy view of themselves. Go first in your Bible to Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. Hey, listen, you've got your kids, uh, God willing, you know, for 18 to 23 or 4 years. Um, you know, depending on your child's choices. And... 
this is not something that is learned at five and it's, you're done with this lesson. <laughs> this is something that you're going to be working with them really to some degree or another uh, their whole life you have them, uh, but especially, you know, before they graduate from high school. How do I uh, give my child a healthy view of himself? Here's number one. Teach them to believe that they are someone special and unique. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Be not thou ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. Notice this, verse 9, who has saved us, called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Before the world began, God had a purpose in Christ for every human being. Uh, of course, it begins in Christ. No one ever fulfills their real purpose for existing until they get saved. But, but teach your child God has a purpose for them. Uh, this is very different from evolution. And according to evolution, there is no purpose for your existence. None. And, and, and you know one of the reasons that people kill themselves? Uh, they don't realize there's a purpose for their life. Do you, it, it, my heart breaks a lot of times for people. You see them and they're doing crazy things to their bodies, you, you know, and to... to get attention and stand out. And, and a lot of that at its roots is somewhere along the way, they didn't feel like they had any chance of fitting in. They didn't feel like there was any hope for them accomplishing anything. And they just kind of go to the side and, and get with another group of people who feel the same way. It's terrible. By the way, this message that you have a purpose in Christ, it's also different from our culture telling them, be fulfilled doing what you want to do. Uh, be fulfilled following your heart. Uh, that doesn't work. Listen, our heart is wicked, deceitful, above of all things. Uh, there was a lady on the show alone this time. She made it all the way uh, almost uh, to the end. Uh, she's 57, and she has never owned a house or a piece of property in her entire life. And she was hoping if she won this show, she'd buy her first house. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think that's good. See, self-worth and value come by being what God made you to be, by finding how he gifted you and, and doing those. Uh, you'll never give your kid a healthy view of themselves, teaching them they're the best at everything. You'll never give them a healthy view of themselves, teaching them they have all the answers and ability within themselves. Teaching your child the ultimate goal is to be what you want. Uh, listen, teach them God has a plan for them in Christ. There's a purpose for their life. You don't have to convince them they're better than everyone else. But you do need to convince them that they have something. Something that matters. You're, you're way better to say, hey, you're a good soccer player instead of you're the best soccer player in the team. You're always better to tell them you can do it when they take a test and say, hey, instead of you're the best student in the class. You're always better to tell them, hey, you're a good looking kid instead of, hey, you're the best looking kid in the class. <laughs> uh, if you can help your child be comfortable in their own skin, you'll have given them a great victory.
Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Uh, some people never become comfortable in their own skin. They never are comfortable with who they are and who they're not. They, they, they never become comfortable. They never get this healthy self-confidence. And, and the younger a person understands and accepts who God made them to be and not be, it, just the better. Build their self-worth and their effort and fully using their gifts. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, I criticized her earlier. Um, I don't really like that she listens to uh, all the lessons. I was a little miffed the other day when I learned she listens to my marriage and parenting lessons because uh, I feel like uh, I don't want to hurt her, uh, but I also don't want to pretend that there weren't things that um, my wife and I need to do improve on. Uh, one of the things my mom did a really, really good job at uh, was convincing me and my sisters that we could be anything we worked hard to be. Uh, I mean, she did a great job at that. Um, now, I, I left school and spent a lot of my adult years believing that I could, but not believing anybody else believed that I could. But, uh, in fact, I still struggle with that. Um, but she put in us this idea that we really could do anything we could put our minds to. That if we really tried, we could make a difference. I can't tell you how valuable that is as a human being, and my mom gave me that. Uh, now, I don't know if she really could open them. She would always hand me the jar. You're strong. I can't open this. Would you open this? And as a kid, I don't know whether I was strong or not, but I felt like I was strong. Um... You know, my mom, uh, we, we'd be doing something. She said, ah, you're so smart. What do you think this should be? Probably a lot of times she knew. Uh, but but there, there is a way as a parent that you can give your child a healthy confidence. Um, by and large, we teach them this uh, by how they watch us use what God gave us. <laughs> do they see you use your gifts to the fullest extent? Or do they see you say, well, I'm not as gifted as such and so, therefore, uh, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> that your child, they need to see you fully use whatever God made you to be. I, I don't believe the gift of prophecy in judgment day will be considered greater than the gift of ministry. I believe if you have this spiritual gift of ministry, God expects you to put 100% into that, just like I believe he expects me to put 100% into his gifts in my life. Teach them that. Teach them that. Remember, it's not the child with the highest view of themselves who succeeds. It's the child with the most realistic view of their strengths and weaknesses who succeeds. Teach them that God has a purpose for their life in Christ. How can I give them a healthy view of themselves? Go back to Exodus chapter 10. Exodus 10. You, you will, I can't describe to you how much you will help your children if you do good at this. This balance between confidence and humility. You doing everything you can to help them be comfortable in their skin. You know, listen, when um, the, the, there's probably no teenager that doesn't go through years of a phase of I'm not comfortable being who I am. 
I, I think that's just a normal part of that part of life. And the better you help them through this, the, the better off they will be. You know, a healthy confidence starting with God has a purpose for them in Christ. How can you t- uh, give your child a healthy view of themselves? Here's number two. Teach them a right view of who God is. If they don't view God rightly, it is impossible to view themselves rightly. Most of our culture views God here and themselves there. And when you view your God here and yourself there, you're never going to be right. You've got to have them have a right view of God. I mean, God is here and, and we're here. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing to me in Exodus 10, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, and I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might uh, shew these my signs before them, and that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's sons what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know that I am the Lord. And if you don't have it highlighted or circled, because I've said this multiple times, verse 2 ought to be circled in your Bible or highlighted in some way, because that is God saying, hey, this is what I want you to tell your children, and I want you to tell your grandchildren. By the way, in Egypt, God, uh, he killed animals. God destroyed the firstborn. Uh, God did some things that, you know, we would say, ooh, man, that's pretty tough. God said, teach your kids that. Uh, Teach your kids the Lord is a consuming fire. Teach your kids God is a God of judgment. (laughs) Uh, But don't just teach them what we would call the tougher side of God. Teach them the gentler side of God. You know, sometimes we're afraid to tell them that Jesus, when the people were driving his nails on his hand, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Sometimes we're afraid to teach our children that the thief on the cross at the last moment uh, cried out to Jesus for mercy and got it. You say, what do you mean? See, some parents are afraid to talk about the tough side of God. They're afraid their kids won't like God. And in the end, if we're not honest about who God is, even if our kids like the God we created, it's idolatry because it's not the real God. Other times, parents are afraid to teach their children about the gentler side of God because they're afraid their kids are going to sin. And they're afraid if their children understand just how merciful and gracious God is, that their, their kids will just sin. And it's so important as parents that we teach our children this correct view of God. Yes, he's an awesome, almighty God who's a judge and a consuming fire, but he is also gentle and tender and long-suffering. And that real view of God rightly shapes who our children are. And so if we're going to have our children have a healthy view of themselves, they've got to have a right view of God. Uh, how do I give my children a healthy view of themselves? Uh, Go to Deuteronomy 10. And I'm going to wrap up quickly right after this. Because our time just got away. Glad to be back from Nicaragua. Uh, I missed my wife. I think I actually was gone long enough to where she missed me even. First few days, generally, she feels like... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, 
Verse 12 says, Now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require thee? To fear the Lord thy God, number one. Number two, to walk in his ways. Number three, to love him. Number four, to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Number five, to keep the commandments of the Lord, the statutes which I command thee this day. Notice that last phrase, for thy good. All those things God requires are for thy good. See, teach them to be sensitive to God's will for their life because God's will and God's commandments are for their good. Your children will never have a right view of themselves or of life when they think that doing things their way is really better for them than doing things God's way. Uh, God has a will for our children's lives. And they will always be better if they do it. You don't need to fear God's will for their life. Please don't be one of those parents who wants enough of God's will for your children's life just to stay out of trouble. Most parents, that's, that's what they want. They don't want enough of God's will for their uh, children's life for that to be uh, go to ministry, for them to suffer socially because they're a committed Christian. Most parents don't want that. Most parents don't want their children to lose playing time on the sports team because of their commitment to Christ. Listen, you don't need to be afraid of whatever God's will for your life, or the will of your children's life is. You don't need to be afraid of it. Whatever it is, is for their good. By the way, for the most part, God's will for your child's life is going to be, you know, a teacher, a nurse, a mom, a factory worker, you know, an electrician, a banker, you know, it's and faithful to Christ, for the most part, that's going to be God's will for them, that they be a faithful a mom, a faithful dad, a committed uh, person doing ministry in the Lord's church. And if God's will for them is to do something uh, more specific, whether that's in ministry, on the missions field, you know what? That's better for them. Do you really want your child fulfilled? Do you want them across the street? Do you want them fulfilled more than you want you fulfilled? Those are easy things to talk about, but they're not easy as parents. Listen, I, I get it. But you've got to fight this to want it because it's good for them. Listen, uh, teach your children this by letting them watch you do God's will. Teach your children this by the way you are when, when, when you do God's will. Don't, don't be one of those people who sits and gripes at the dinner table about the church and people in the church and how hard ministry is and what people did to you that was bad. And Listen, that stuff is going to all happen, but our kids never heard about it. Listen, they, they can't take that yet. We can barely take it. I mean that. And, and, and so just be the kind of parent who just does God's will for your life and, and just finds joy in that and, and, and let your children have that and see that. Because it's not the child with the highest view of themselves that succeeds. It's a child with the most realistic view of their strengths and weaknesses who does. And giving our children a right view of themselves is one of the most important character things we give them. You should have a piece of paper. Go ahead and write something down. Fold it in half and pass that on 
Uh, if you would, God bless you, you're dismissed. Morning. Good. Morning. Oh, when our kids were little, I would mix it up. But as soon as they were anything other than real little, nah, I didn't let them win either. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry. D E U T. See if it's twelve ten. Sure. Yeah, babe. Uh, I text.